so I was out, we had like an outdoor church service today mm-hmm. this morning, and as as I was leaving, I saw somebody um, somebody walking by holding uh, one of the Night Angel trilogy books. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, hello, <laughs> hello, new friend. I see you're reading some Grand Weeks. <laughs> All right, let's break her down. Are we breaking down? <clears throat> the book. Mm-hmm. I guess podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Expanding Horizons, Episode 7. This month we read The Rise of Kyoshi by F.C. Yi. I'm joined today here by Abe Wolfgang. Let me channel my neutral Jing real quick. Mm-hmm. And uh, Caleb Juno. Oh, that's me. And of course, I am Alex McCoslin. Um, so yeah, Rise of Kyoshi, written by this author F.C. Yi. He hasn't written a ton. Um, just a couple of books. He grew up in New Jersey, went to school in New England, and he lives in San Francisco right now. And actually, his website says that he actually has a day job still. It says it mostly involves spreadsheets, so not a full-time writer. Um, but yeah, I guess he gets up to writing sometimes. Interesting. I did not know that. He... um wrote The Rise of Kyoshi, as well as this other series about Genie Lo, I guess. The epic crush of Genie Lo and the iron will of Genie Lo. Uh, and he's writing the next uh, Kyoshi books, because there's going to be a couple of them. I think three total. He looks very young. Yeah. So, The Rise of Kyoshi. This book, to give a little bit background, it's uh, set in the Atla universe, Avatar The Last Airbender. I'd never heard that before. Atla. Atla. Yeah. <laughs> threw, me, threw me off for a second. <laughs> um, it follows the life of Avatar Kyoshi before she knew she was an Avatar, before she got any training or anything. She basically is a homeless girl on the streets and gets taken in by a couple of these high-ranking officials to be a servant girl. Um, basically ends up serving who they think the current avatar is. Turns out he's not the avatar she is. And uh, a couple of close people to her die. She goes on some adventures, makes some new friends. And yeah, it's... um. An interesting book, I think, just because it's a prequel to something pre-established that you kind of know what's going to happen with her in the end. So uh, the writing has to be good enough to make you want to explore her backstory, I guess, even though you know the outcome in the end. And maybe it did, maybe it didn't. What did you think of the story, Abe? Um, I thought it was okay. Um, I guess I'm probably it's... missing the essential piece of I've never seen anything Avatar or read <laughs> anything Avatar before. Yeah, it's it's worth noting that you haven't seen anything, and me and Caleb both are Avatar fans. 
Yeah, so I'm 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 thinking there's going to be a pretty big disconnect between how we felt about it um, from that from that perspective. Um, but I mean, there is stuff that I thought was really great about it, and then there is stuff that just kind of fell flat on me. So, um, you know, I I think sort of overall general first impression was as just kind of lukewarm. Lukewarm, okay. As a non-Atla fan, what about as an Atla fan, Caleb? I liked it quite a bit. Yeah. Pretty interesting. There's so many Atla references, yeah. like to the show specifically, not just to, like the world. Mm-hmm. That's what I was wondering about. Yeah, and a lot of them are really small, minor things. Mm-hmm. But they they add to it for sure. Yeah, the, the you know I I could tell reading it. I could tell I was missing some of the flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they definitely it definitely feels like they want you to already be a fan when you read this. Yeah. I get it. Like they, I I would have I would not have picked this up because like I would have looked at it and said Avatar. I've never seen Avatar. Put it back down, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um I mean, it is a self-contained story that like you can kind of follow the plot and that's fine, but the a lot of the details, like they they don't explain bending at all. Like they expect you to know about all that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, so, so, like from from that perspective, um, in terms of FC writing like a coherent story, I think he did a great job. Um, I you know I didn't feel lost at all. Um, so there was enough to kind of drag you along and and um the the way they introduce um bending in the story i guess i kind of i kind of get it from like cultural references and stuff like what bending is um like manipulating elements and whatnot um but but like the way that he kind of brings it into the story and explains it it um you know, there's enough there for me to understand what is like powerful and what is not powerful and like, what you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So um, from from those perspectives, I thought it was it was totally fine. Um, I think I was missing more of the maybe fan servicey stuff and maybe tie in stuff. Um, I kept wondering, like, OK, which of these characters do other people already know about? Like, which of these characters are in the show <laughs> and which ones? Are just like wholesale made up for this. In terms of characters that are in the show, it's just Kyoshi. Okay. As far, as far as I can remember. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's just her, and and she's barely in Atla. I think a lot of the references that you would get from the show are like things like the fans that she uses, mm-hmm. her makeup, her clothing, like that stuff's all really distinct about her character in the show, and being introduced to how she like gets those things is mm. kind of like a cool thing for a fan. A fan of the show, not like a fan like you <laughs> used to like battle. A, not like a battle fan. You're intermixing <laughs> your fans. Yeah. Um, yeah, just seeing seeing the fans pop up was actually super distinctive, I think. That that mm-hmm. I, the I first time I put on, on the makeup. That. Yeah, the first well. time I put on the makeup was something. Yeah, that's that's interesting because um, like she opened up the box and like pulled out fans and a, and a headdress and I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Whereas oh, you can bend better now. Cool. That's your that's stuff. 
Yeah, I was actually actually a little annoyed at how easily she overcame her bending issues. She just mm. has fans now. And it's like, good job, you did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't seem to explain why the fans make it better. Mm-mm, no. They just do. She can only move, like, large things at first, but then fans give her control. Which, I don't think they they brought that up in the show, either. No, they didn't. They never said anything about that. You always see her bending with the fans in the show. That is true. But yeah, seeing uh, those as like her channeling rod, I guess. Mm -hmm. You can focus her powers. Um, I, I, don't know, I don't know how much I want to go into different specific things. So Something that kind of was weird to me was in the beginning they seemed to set up like a band of friends that I thought were going to be like the core group like Yoon, Rangi, and uh, Kiyoshi and then she was going to have like the guidance of uh, uh, what was his name Kelsang mm-hmm. to like teach her so I was like alright so Yoon will teach her earth Rangi will teach her fire Kelsang will teach her air and then they have to go find like a waterbender somewhere I guess mm-hmm and then they just kind of like toss all that and like have her introduced to this secondary group of people. Bring Rangi, Rangi along, I guess, but yeah. They throw her in with uh, Lek and uh, Karima, Wong, Laogay. Laogay. Is that what we're going with? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> Laogay, who's a mysterious. Assassin what, was man. It, what was his other name? Something the Immortal? Yeah, I can't remember the first name. Um, but yeah, I, I, I guess I'm kind of moving us towards characters here, discussing different characters, but um, I just thought that was kind of uh, startling in the story to have, to have you kind of be introduced to these characters and then shift so drastically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was sort of disappointed by that because um, I was kind of wanting it to be a a um, I was wanting more of the story to be about this like mistaken identity thing and like who's actually the avatar um, and you know and then you know maybe the climax point comes where it's like oh it's actually Kyoshi and we know now but because there's like a lot you could do there with like putting pulling on the trust between these friends and um you know what that does to their friendships but yeah. it ended up not being what this story was about um and they just sort of jazu takes them to the mountains and it's like okay which one it's that one all right yeah <laughs> we're getting yeah, they settle it pretty quick like you get a little bit of that tension just before that where mm-hmm. Where Yoon like kind of comes and acts like he's fine with everything, and like tells her if it's not me, I'm glad it's you. Blah blah blah. And then they when they do have the spirit show up and prove who's who. Um, she talks about how she's seeing his face that he was like lying all along and like yeah, he, he was like actually crushed. He was actually crushed, and he always thought it was him for sure. And so yeah, I, I could see uh, the story going a different way there, and. Um, really playing up on those feelings of the characters and stuff like that. That'd be cool. Um, 
in terms of characters, I kind of mentioned most of the major ones. Uh, Iran is is another major character. That's Rangi's mom. Um, she's not in too much of the book, but kind of important here and there. Kind of a confidant of Jiangzu. Mm-hmm. And like yeah, a sticking have, point for Rangi. Doesn't seem to have a ton of character herself. Yeah, but, kind of like kind of like Cal saying, yeah, who I wish was a was in more of the book. Yeah, I, I kept waiting for him to come back. I was like, he's not actually dead, but that didn't happen. They Rain. like they were going through the book, and they're like, we need to get you an Airbender so that you can. Uh, so you can learn air, and yeah. I'm like, oh, Kelsang's just gonna like walk out of nowhere at any point. <laughs> yeah, I kept thinking yeah. that, like, at any point, he's just gonna like, hey, we'll it's me, to teacher. <laughs> no, and then she just uses not learning, not using an airbending teacher, but still uses airbending. Yeah, her her firebending friend taught her some sketchy airbending, and then that, sure. that worked, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, speaking of her firebending friend, Rangi, this is another weird part of the book, I think. Um, the beginning kind of sets up a, like a love interest in Yoon, sort of. Mm-hmm. And then I felt like out of nowhere, they just kind of slapped Kyoshi and Rangi together. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if, if it's just me and having like a feeling about these things in books, but, um, I never bought the Yoon angle and I, like, as soon as they introduced Rangi, I was like, oh, that's going to be... That's going to be the uh, romantic angle in this one. Really? Yeah, I, didn't I didn't have get that picked, at all. But I, I didn't think it came out of nowhere as much. I thought there were some pieces laid out. I don't like. Like I got to the section where uh, she first kisses her, and like their the writing is going the direction of the kiss, and I was like, wait, really? <laughs> Like I, I was reading and I was that's like, funny. "That's I did not expect that at all." Yeah, that that's funny because we got to that point and I was like, "Okay, here it comes." <laughs> I was like, "Geez, like I, yeah, I don't know." Yeah. I expected, like, because Yoon's death is a very non-death, so I expected him to come back at some point and be the romantic interest again. Yeah, I don't know. Never bought there. Yeah, I like the. I would have preferred a tight friendship relationship between them two, honestly. Yeah. Um, just because I think I prefer that in books in general. Mm-hmm. Um, it like I feel like when you when you hit the romance part and you get into the romance in the book, it relieves a lot of tension that I don't want to have relieved, I guess. <laughs> so like if it's gonna be a romance, it shouldn't it shouldn't resolve until the very end. And, you know, if you're gonna have like a really tight, close friendship, you can have that throughout and and play on that a little bit. But like I that's what I would have preferred. A lot of my favorite books I think have that, you know, really good friends as two of the main characters type deal. Yeah, I think that um, relationship's a lot more interesting. So that that was another point where I was kind of just a little bit disappointed where they went with it, but I also feel like having them stay friends would have l- like left some room for Rangi to be like, I don't like what you're doing with these outlaws, and maybe like have the the threat of her leaving 
at some point. But when once it's like mm-hmm. confirmed that they're in love, it's like okay, she's just sticking by her no matter what at this mm-hmm. point. So it relieves yeah, that it, tension too. Yeah, it, it it removes. I think it removes a lot that you can do. But um, yeah, it's it, like like me wanting the story to be about the three people, kind of like kind of like you mentioned, Alex. Um, you know, I didn't write the book, so I don't get to pick. <laughs> right um some of the other interesting characters uh lek i he was one of my more enjoyable characters i think mm. uh he's like the young kid of the crew he is constantly at odds with with kiyoshi for most of the book um because he was like really uh, attached to her parents when she was in the the when they were in the crew but they had passed away by this point so and she is very angry at her parents for leaving her when she was a child so there's that constant tension there um and also you get a little bit of insight into his backstory and how he became an earthbender and stuff like that and i, I just liked his his story and his personality. I can't remember for sure. Did they get a resolution between them, between Kyoshi and Lek? I mean, they pretty much yeah, yeah. settled a little bit. They kind of make amends when she wakes up after fighting Shooping on. When he tells uh, her okay. about his brother and how he was trying to throw rocks to release him. Ah, uh, yep, yep, yep. Okay. Yeah. Um they kind of come to terms with each other. Um yeah, do you guys have a favorite character, least favorite character? Character you think is written well? I don't know, I kinda like all of the Flying Opera company. I yeah. think they're a an interesting cast to run with the Avatar. Yeah. Um the uh composition, I think worked well together mm-hmm. um because uh, let's see who is it it's it's lek there's wong Hirima, Hirima, and Lauge. yep yeah so they they all sort of play off each other which i think is great mm-hmm. i think wong is probably underwritten yeah yeah he's definitely the the least um impactful of them absolutely he's Kind of described as like a big, <laughs> big dude, but he's like delicate. Flitting and... Sparrow Keat Wong. <laughs> <laughs> he's like into the the arts and like theater and stuff like that. It's part of like their their uh, opera trope. Um, yeah. And probably the most interesting of the group is Lage. Right. Who has like a dark past that you don't really get to like peer that much into in this book i'm sure it becomes more of a thing later he's got a dark present too yeah right <laughs> like he he is a hitman he's running around assassinating people on the side unbeknownst to the rest of his team mm-hmm. and unclear but supposedly he's lived for like hundreds of years maybe potentially yeah not confirmed or denied or that could just be like a tall tale 
Iaguai the Immortal was his. That's right. Mm, there you go. His like unique bending styles. His fights with a crutch. That's what they say. Yeah, I thought this is not about characters. I guess I thought some of the bending action scenes were pretty nicely written. That one specifically. Yeah. Sorry, different um, section. Different no, it, it's that's fine. We can talk about writing. Um, that kind of goes in with some of my other thoughts. I, I, I wasn't. I, I kind of was so we just read Steelheart before mm-hmm. this, and I mm-hmm. found myself comparing action sequences to mm-hmm. uh, Sanderson's writing. Yeah, and just like coming up short, kind of like I would always be like, eh, "It's not quite like what I want yeah. it to be." Like, yeah, yeah, the, the it's not as crisp and clear, mm-hmm. right, as to what's going on. Yeah. Um, the stuff that wasn't like action, the the descriptions and um, some of the of the uh, conversations that happened stuff, I feel like for me were great. Like I thought the 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 writing on on descriptive nature and um, just putting me in the space was was really well done, and um, I was surprised at how good I felt the writing was. Whereas I think I mentioned with some Sanderson stuff, I, I always just kind of feel it's not like visceral enough. I felt like I was sure. in some of these scenes. Hmm. Yeah. I guess I didn't really give too much thought to that stuff because I have the backing of seeing it animated like the mm-hmm. world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of went hand in hand with what I expected. Yeah, so I guess so I guess you know maybe that's a good mark for this book is that it kind of pulled me in even though I haven't seen right some of the stuff. An interesting point though, the specifically the descriptions of do you remember when they sent the animal that's like really good at tracking after Kiyoshi? Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Smeller from across wherever. I forget the the name of the animal, but Shirishu or something like that. Yeah, it's a bad dude in this book, and. I feel like the descriptions of that didn't really match what I remember from the show. Interesting. It it seemed like way more over the top and dark and vicious Ooh. than from what I remember. How how long has it been since you rewatched Avatar? Because the shoe is pretty pretty. pretty I watched it not too long ago, but I just remember him looking kind of like. I mean, he's like a four legged creature, kind of ant eatery. Yeah. He's got that that pink like snout thing the flowery looking the star snout mm-hmm. but it's not like a monster that's like <laughs> running through a town like destroying all sorts of stuff i don't know yeah they like run it like runs through buildings and stuff yeah yeah it tears up you. it tears up one um the town where they throw all the perfume on it it like tears up a couple buildings in that town and it's like knocking people around like crazy. Yeah. Oh, uh, perfume for the scent thing. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah. In terms of writing, though, I I did like a lot of specific things, like the descriptions of um the dust walking stuff. Yeah, yeah that stuff was really, really cool. cool. Uh, like you said, the first fight with Flauge, where he's like 
contorting himself around a bunch of people and like supporting his body with little bits of earth bending here and there. Mm-hmm. Really cool. Yeah, I think just like the one thing that with the writing that kind of fell felt lackluster to me was the the moment to moment action sequences. I don't know. A little bit when you get into bullet time. Dry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if this belongs in writing or plot really. But the pacing I thought was very odd. And I think mm. it's because it starts out and you know the reader knows who the avatar is. But mm-hmm. no one else in the book does, which is yeah. weird. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. They're kind of just waiting for them to figure it out for a long time. That's a that's another... That's another... I mean... Okay, I guess I got it from the title. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out like how I knew Kyoshi was the actual avatar. But it's I guess probably, the ti- it is the title. It's probably the, the title thing. mixed with us. We probably said it last. I'm sure. Yeah, we did. you may have said yeah. it. Yeah, last time. Which I guess, if you yeah, if you don't know anything about the universe, you could not realize that she's actually the Avatar for a while. Right. Even though they do they do hint at it at the beginning of the book in like the prologue. Maybe but, the rise of Kyoshi is just like her rise to being become a the diplomat. most powerful. Yeah. <laughs> The best advisor to the Avatar. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's kind of obvious, but also the, the the beginning of the book is like I feel like there's three different parts where I'm like, all right, they're gonna reveal that she's the Avatar. Yeah, <laughs> and it just doesn't happen. <laughs> I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. let's get to the part. Yeah, that's that's almost exactly what I mean because you're just like waiting for it to happen. And it's like, oh, it's gonna happen. No. Oh, now? Oh, no. And then it Uh, finally hits, and then it feels like, I don't know, then it feels like the book really starts. On the same note, though, I feel like she gave up that she was the Avatar to... The Flying Opera Company? Flying Opera Company, there you go. I feel like she gave up she was the Avatar way too easily to them. She gave it it up pretty easily. (laughs) I don't remember what the circumstance was, but yeah, it just came out, and it was like, yep. It was after... The she got tracked by the the, the monster, yeah. yeah. And they're okay. like, "That thing yeah. was after you. Why? Why was it after you?" And she's like, "Oh, I'm in the avatar." I'm <laughs> like, "Wow, okay, that was easy. Thought we were gonna keep that a secret for a while longer." Um, yeah. So we kind of talked a little bit about setting, not specifically, but in writing, you kind of described that you kind of got a more visceral feeling from, from this author than. Yeah. And... Like I enjoyed, I enjoyed the writing style. Um, some of the, some of the uh, decisions in where to take the story, I disagreed with and, and didn't enjoy as much, but the actual like words on the page prose, I enjoyed quite a bit. That transitions to descriptions of the environment. Uh, the world building, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's weird from knowing the entire world of Avatar already. I don't, I don't know that I could tell if he was good at writing the setting, or if I just already knew everything, so it didn't really matter. Yeah, that's a, that's the same kind of way I felt. Because yeah, you, that that is interesting because you already have the world building. Mm-hmm. The world building is already 
in your mind before you start the yeah. book. So yeah. how, like, how can so you? So I guess I guess from that. Pers- so I guess this is a question to me then, huh? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I felt like I got it. I yeah. don't. Um, I to this map. Does this have a map in the front that I completely missed? I don't think so. I don't think so. No. It needs a map. Yeah, that'd be good. Because <laughs> I, because I was like trying to piece together like what where things were, and I couldn't really get it. I like I. That's one thing I'm still fuzzy on is like what does this world actually look like? I, I have no yeah. idea. Um, which is something that the show viewers would know, yeah. like like immediately because the map is in like the beginning of every episode. Yeah, sure. I yeah, I understand <laughs> that. I so, so like I get I get that it's like split into four kind of. Is is sort yeah. of what I got, mm-hmm. and and there's like this weird um, central place that kind of nobody claims. Um, that uh, that's what it seemed like to me. Um, uh, I don't even remember that. Like a well, neutral area. Well, it was like that uh, the city that they're in, y- Yokoya or whatever it's called. Well, it's kind of um, in the book. It's kind of like a. Maybe the pirates will come take this, or maybe the Earth Kingdom's trying to control it. All right, I can look up a map, right? Avatar map. What does this uh, place look like? Yeah. Oh, Avatar Risk. I play Risk on Avatar map. (laughs) That's, That's what I want. So stuff that is probably not apparent from the book like the earth kingdoms way bigger than the other kingdoms mm. um which goes into kind mm-hmm. of at one point um uh, in the book oh yeah see this makes this makes more sense now okay i wish i could have seen this dang because there there are there are the words northern water tribe and southern water tribe in the book <laughs> in the book but this yeah. makes a lot more sense now. They're yeah. like the poles. They're very, they're like, very southern. <laughs> very north and very southern. Uh, okay, sure. But at one point, uh, Jengzu starts talking about like how loosely controlled the Earth Kingdom actually is and how the Earth King doesn't actually get to make his power cover the entire land. It's mostly, I think, because of the landmass is so huge. Yeah compared to the other kingdoms which is actually something i never really got from the show either like these kingdoms are always like in tension with each other like oh don't take our land blah 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 blah. but they just let the earth kingdom have like most of the world yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean they are the earth benders so they gotta have most of the earth i guess (laughs) also like I talked about Ba Sing Se a lot too, and it's mm-hmm. huge, huh? Yeah. Ba Sing okay. Se is like, yeah, the major city and also a frequent spot that they go to in the show. Yeah. But never yeah. in the book, huh? So, yeah, that might be some detail lost on, on you from not knowing the world beforehand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Yeah, there's a lot about Ba Sing Se in the show. So, setting. You got it mostly, but maybe not as well as yeah, you thought. Yeah, and, and I think, <laughs> and I think, you know, from what you said, um, I could tell that there was some kind of tension between the different tribes, but like, mm-hmm. 
Um, it doesn't really come through. It doesn't feel like it comes up in the book very much. Yeah, I mean... It's mostly about the pirates more than any of the other nations. Yeah, the, I think it hits on some... Like, I got some some nuggets about, you know, how the, how they're different from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And how the cultures are different. Um, yeah, like they But there about, wasn't a lot of it. They talk about, like, the Fire Navy and how, like, disciplined mm-hmm. and everything they are in the book. And then... But yeah, just like the the Fire Nation in general as being like very rules oriented yep. and like very strict, mm-hmm. and you how the the air the air nomads are kind of like here and there and whatever and yeah, they're very yeah, they're... opposite of Fire Nation type. Do you get? I think you get a, a fair amount of both of those in the book, but you don't really get much about the Water Tribes. And you get almost or... nothing about the Water Tribes. And it seemed like they have like different eye colors or something based on where you're from. Yeah. Is that a thing? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I don't know what airbenders have. Yeah, I don't know. Um Yeah, so let's just move on to wrap up a couple other things. Just the the plot we've talked about a bunch, I think. And also um, I guess I guess maybe in the world bending in the world building thing is like something i've never understood and never looked into why is it called the last airbender <laughs> you don't even know that i have no idea <laughs> oh well uh, let's see well, you can put this in the front <laughs> vague va- very vague spoilers for atla if you haven't watched it um, <laughs> for the main uh, thing all of the airbenders die basically they're wiped okay. out by the fire nation Makes sense. And then he was trapped in ice and survived there for a long time. And then he comes out like a hundred years later or something. Yeah, uh, you see, you see, a long so ago dude, the four so nations dude, lived together okay. in harmony. <laughs> so this is and interesting. Then everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Yes. So, so, so dude in Avatar the Last Airbender is not an Avatar. He, he is, is the Avatar. But he is, he is also the last airbender. He's also the last airbender. Fascinating. Okay. We can continue. <laughs> that's just like, man. Yeah. I think that's common. Pr- primer like, 101. <laughs> common like culture, cultural knowledge at this point, I guess. For our generation, at least. You know, everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. That's like. Yep. <laughs> everything changed. Fire Nation attacked. <laughs> yeah. They basically, they wiped out the Air Nomads and then he got trapped in the ice ball for a hundred years. Right, I'm tracking you. And that, and that happens after this book. Yeah. Yes. So this is, okay. this is all before. This, this is, is like way before, like I'm hundreds like of years before how long exactly before. Yeah. I don't know exactly, but it's many, so she was it's the avatar. many generations back. Yeah. She was the sure. avatar a long time before Aang was. Okay. Which is also why you don't see any characters from the show in this. Right. Makes sense. They've all yet to be born. Except yeah. for Tigui the Immortal, who you also don't see, but that one's not clear why. <laughs> I wonder if he dies in the second or third book. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you go watch the show again, you just see him in the background. Above. You're like, oh, there yeah. he is. Right. Yeah. Um, we kind of covered most of the plot, I think. Yeah. And our uh, grievances with the directions it went. We probably didn't talk as much about 
how it seemed obvious some of the twists they were going to pull near the end. One in particular. Yeah, I, that that was another piece that that sort of fell flat. Is it it you know there wasn't anything kind of clever or or um, unexpected. Yeah. Which I mean, you don't have to have something unexpected, yeah. but I think I think the that. yellow necks was an alright twist, but also I don't think I it like had any right. sort of consequence. Was that right. is that a thing in the show too? No, no, okay. like it's Which is why only it brought up very hard. I think yeah, okay. it's only brought up because I, I was like, like stories I was like, about how he defeated the yellow necks. I was like, oh okay, okay, that's yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, I read it and I was like, well, maybe this makes more sense to people who understand. I don't think so. No. <laughs> But I guess it doesn't. Okay. They just they barely talk about how seemingly dangerous the LNX were, and then no. suddenly they're back. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, they're like, back, and then they're gone. Like they bust out this character Zhu Ping on, and I'm like, oh, he's like, he's gonna be like, he's like a super bad guy in the show or something. Like everyone <laughs> yeah, who no. reads this is gonna be like, oh, it's that guy. You know what I mean? No, Maybe no. I missed a big part of the show, but I don't think so. <laughs> It 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 felt like that was supposed to be a reveal of that sort of magnitude. Yeah, like, it did. Oh, yeah, it really did. It yeah, was actually it, this guy. It felt like it laid it out and was like, "Oh, you're impressed about this twist, right?" And then <laughs> yeah. I was just like, "Nah, really, I don't really care." Yeah. Right? Okay. All right. It's like, oh, these I guess violent people are back. I mean, the other people were already violent, so I don't know and why these guys are immediately worse. Immediately defeated, also. Also that. Yeah, it's it's funny because like I was giving this book more credit than it deserves, I guess, because uh, <laughs> there were there were several points that that where that happened where I was like, oh, maybe maybe this reveal is more telling. Yeah, but, few of the actual like big story moments were really related to the later show. Yeah, the other one I was gonna say the other one um, was uh, Kelsang just in general. Mm-hmm. I was like. Because I was reading it and I was like, oh, this guy's like in the show or something. He seems like a guy that would be in the show. But. Yeah, sadly, no. Once again. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I thought about the, the yellow neck twist, like they build up, um, what's his name? Mock? Moke? Yeah. Mock, I think. Mock. They built him up as like this big bad guy for so <laughs> long. And then they bust out. This other dude from the prison turns out he's his older brother, and then he he just he like just like cowers, disappears basically. Like he cowers, he's done. Does it? Yeah. He's no longer a threat. That's yeah, the that end. Kind of like an odd turn. He he's probably gonna come up in one of the later books, I would guess, as a vengeful. And also, it's like this big twist, and it's like, oh yeah, we got these new enemies, and then she's like, nah, Avatar State. This threat's finished. Actually, no, I'm your leader. I mean, good honor. Finish it before it really turns into something terrible. I guess. Ah, which brings us to our final question of every podcast. What do we think the theme was? Was there a cohesive theme in the story? It seemed to maybe be hitting hard on the Maybe the ends don't justify the means kind of thing with all of John Zhu's terrible acts. Yeah. Some somewhere in there with um Yoshi sort of realizing that you can't just 
kill all the bad guys or something like that. Yeah. Because she saves, um, what was that kid? Tay or whatever his name is. Yeah. Um, that was sort of the, that seemed like the sort of the hinge point for me is where she, she, you know, is so bent on this revenge thing. And then, um, she comes into the room and it's this kid and she's like, well, actually, you know, let's, um, let's give him another chance. Basically. <laughs> He's like 15 or something. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, maybe he didn't yeah. mean to do all this terrible stuff. Yeah. I do think it's probably something related to killing and revenge or something like that. Yeah, I, I I struggled a little bit nailing it down um, on this one, which which makes me think. I mean, either I wasn't reading close enough, or makes me think it it wasn't um, something that the author was thinking about a ton when he was writing it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, is like what he's actually trying to say, but um, yeah, it it it. I guess it might go a little bit with another character piece that I felt like I wanted more of was um, the uh, sort of like a redemption of Jansu as like, you know, maybe he's not actually a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause for a lot of the book, it seemed like, I mean, it was kind of pretty obvious that he was a really bad guy, but um, for a lot of the book, it just seemed like he was trying to keep things under control. Yeah. But from, but it's always like with the underpinning of he wants all the power. So, that you know, that's where he gets sort of the bad guy, but um, th- there's something in there about you know desiring the power or being worthy of it. Yeah, and the the book actually makes him seem worse and worse as the story goes on. And at first, he does actually seem like a pretty decent man, mm-hmm. but then the story makes him out to be worse and worse of a bad guy. Right, as and by goes on. you t- you get to the the monologue that he does at the end and you're like man this guy's yeah like he's not even hiding it anymore <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i definitely think uh there's a lot of stuff where kiyoshi thinks about taking life and uh seeing others take life and making decisions about taking life i think that probably has a lot to do with the author was trying to say not sure exactly what where they're going like all life is uh precious or <laughs> second chances are something that deserves they people deserve like with the letting go of um the 15 year old ruler there but yeah, she's very I... like determined like i'm gonna kill somebody and then every time she gets the chance she's like uh, she's not and then she does kill um, the leader of the yellow necks there. Something ping on. Um, that's like, when when is it right? When is it wrong? When is it justified? Yeah, that's 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 probably pretty near to to what it is. I like I said, I had a hard time putting my finger on on it in this one, but um, yeah, when is it justified? Seems like a very who gets to decide, way of- right? <laughs> like. Who, yeah. who decides uh, who dies? Right. Though it seems like maybe just the Avatar decides now. Yeah, maybe. 
So I don't know. Maybe not. maybe the one who is spiritually invested with the uh, power. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's something they talk about the spirit world a bunch but they don't really show you any of that oh yeah there's none of it in the book yeah there's so much of it in the shows that's something that's interesting <laughs> interesting for your side so in the show like that's where you see kiyoshi in the show is the fact that she was an avatar and they can like pull from other avatars is that yeah exactly basically they can, like idea. commune with their past selves and get advice and stuff yeah. I see. Which is the only we time literally she literally conversations. Right. Well, that's not the only time. There's also an island dedicated to warriors of they're the Kyoshi warriors. They dress up like her. Oh, interesting. And they're warriors. Okay. But other than that and her showing up in Aang's past lives, that's pretty much it. Gotcha. But the spirit world's a very real thing and there are spirits <laughs> that yeah. roam around and the avatar's job is to keep the balance between the spirit world and the physical world. Stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, and there's try, one spirit to, in the book, uh, but that's it. I was trying to figure out where this book fit with the show or, or you know, other media on this. Um, and I was like, is she like the previous one? Do you get to see her at the start of it? Or like... <laughs> But it makes sense. And it's like her and a couple other avatars make a few repeat appearances to give Aang advice and guide him, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, yeah. Interesting discussion. Weird how, <laughs> how much, like, I didn't really even think about while I was reading, like, knowledge I was pulling from previous experiences. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, so get to our closing thoughts here, I guess. Um, I'm just going to go around and give a short summary of what you think of the book and a thumbs up or thumbs down for a recommendation. Let's start with Caleb. Okay. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. There are uh, there's some weird pacing, which feels strange for the first third of the book, maybe. And then I feel like the book really starts. But I can't say for non-Avatar fans, but for an Avatar fan, good <laughs> book. Well worth the read. That's a thumbs up. All right, yep. Um, I'll give mine as well uh, before we get to Gabe's. Oh, I'll get to um, the... Okay. <laughs> yeah, I I kind of sit in the same sort of situation as Caleb. I enjoyed it. Um, definitely as a Atla fan, I think you get a lot more out of it, especially after discussing it with Abe. Um, I really like... Uh, most of the characters and I thought it was a pretty good story. I did have some misgivings about some of the choices that they made for, you know, like the romance and for like uh, some of the twists and stuff like that, that just didn't have any impact. But for the most part, good book. 
Um, and I'd give like a tentative thumbs up just for fans of the show. I think I don't I don't know about non fans. What do you think, Abe? Yeah, I mean, I mean, reading it, I like I said, the writing was was good. Like I, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed the actual writing of it. So, um, if it was if I was um, recommending to someone who uh, was an Avatar fan, I would probably say, yeah, check it out. It's pretty good. Um, but like to myself, uh, it's got to be a thumbs down, <laughs> um, just because. <laughs> Like I said, like the writing was good. It, it's not. It's definitely very far from the worst book I've ever read. Like it's not a bad book at all. I think it's just I was missing enough in here that um, it wasn't as enjoyable to me. And um, you know, there were just pieces of it that I just wish had been taken a different direction. I felt like you could have made it a, you know, regardless of it being Avatar, could have made it a thumbs up for me. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So I think there were just a just a few too many pieces in there that that um it was missing for me to say you know as a unbiased third party or whatever Mm -hmm. (laughs) thumbs up so um yeah which really the goal should have been to to make it good enough for somebody like you to be enthusiastic about it right yeah but i think they rely a little bit too much on you just being a fan to begin with yeah i think so too i think um i think there's definitely some left to be desired for someone who doesn't know um avatar stuff yeah there's even i was just thinking about this because it came up but the the points that didn't hit hard like the yellow necks coming back Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that has no place really in the story other than facilitating her going into the vault and letting tay live but otherwise that's very kind of irrelevant to the story which is not great yeah there's some there's some extra stuff there and yeah it yeah. just the the direction that they take sometimes some, I mean, some points or, it also serves to to push her to into the avatar state so that it alerts the rest of the world that yeah there's an you, avatar. Could, you could do that in many other ways yeah like somebody yeah, just I, hits uh rangi with a stray arrow sure and like sure. she's very upset suddenly let's go super saiyan um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh yeah i think i think that's kind of where i'm falling on it is is um i feel like there are better ways i could have done it and and that's driving my answer more than anything that that's a fair way to think about it all right i think that'll do it for this month um next month we're we're gonna be reading the player of games by INM Banks, I guess is how you Ian. probably pronounce it. Ian. Ian. Mm-hmm. Ian. Ian. Yep. Ian. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Who can say really? It's, it's a deep one. It's definitely Ian. <laughs> it's, player it's of a, games by Ian M. Banks. It's a long one. Start reading it now. Is it? Uh oh. I should have started a while long? back. Okay. I thought about it for like the last like ten days. I was like, I should start that tonight. It's like nah. And it's it's uh I'm I'm interested what uh you guys will think of it. I I I'm wondering if you're gonna bounce off it or not. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Should be fun. Right. I, I started it last sometime last week. No. 
It was only a couple days ago, actually. Yeah. Um, but just diving back into it, I'm like, oh yeah, this is, I like this. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> awesome. All right. So that's, um, that will be Abe's pick actually. Preview. <laughs> Preview for my thumbs up coming <laughs> next time. Spoilers for next Spoil- podcast. Spoilers. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that'll be out, um, July 1st. Uh, look for us then. All right. Thanks. Goodbye. Whatever. <laughs> Hallelujah. Bye bye. See ya. Etc. This episode was edited by me, Alex McCoslin. Other voices include Abe Wolfgang and Caleb Juno. Next month, we're reading The Player of Games by Ian M. Banks. For you anime fans out there, this one sounds a lot like No Game No Life with less fan service. It's a long one, so if you want to finish by the time the next episode comes out, Be sure to get started soon. As always, you can find more content at wearethehorizon.com. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you all in July.